Today's show is brought to you by Legacy Box. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Get 40% off on your first order when you go to LegacyBox.com slash love. Today's show is also brought to you by Brooklinen. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use the promo code REAL at brooklinen.com. Ultimately, God gives us 24 hours in a day, and those 24 hours are filled with lots of things that we would not necessarily choose to fill our days with. Boring things, laundry, Mm -hmm. um, answering (laughs) phone calls, clearing inboxes. And for those of us who are parents, a lot of times it's spent saying the same thing over and over and over again with our kids, wondering if we're making any difference at all. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast. I am so, 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 so excited about today. Um, I am interviewing Ruth Chow Simons. Did I say that right, Ruth? It's Ruth Joe Simons, but oh, girl, Joe. you would not. No, it's you're good. You're good. I'm sorry. I was so focused on the Simons. I was like, I know it's yeah, not Simmons. Got it. Okay, Ruth Joe. Simon. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much for being on the show. It is such an honor to have you. I literally, when I got the inbox that um, asking for you to be on here, I was like, this is a dream come true. I've been wanting to interview you. Of all the people that I could interview you, interview, you would be my dream. And I literally sometimes go for walks and I dream of like events I could put on for women and you would be the person I would come to speak. So I'm just right. so honored. I'm all there. I am absolutely. <laughs> there the honor is online and my only regret is that we're not doing this live so one of these days um the boys and I are all going to come out to see you guys so <laughs> yes or vice versa we would love absolutely. that <laughs> okay so guys Ruth is um my absolute favorite person to follow on Instagram she has she watercolors and she has six boys and her and her husband just I just love seeing your guys' marriage and how you guys love each other. And I love seeing your husband father your children and just the heart to hearts and on birthdays, how you guys go around and all share what you love about the birthday person. I just love following your family. I look up to you so much as a mom, as a creative, and really mostly as just a woman who really loves the Lord and worships him and um just is in awe of him. And you're, it's so cool because I feel like on hard days or if I'm on Instagram and I'm just kind of feeling like, you know, when you can look on Instagram and you're like, oh, this isn't really filling me up. I will literally totally. type in your name and be like, what does she have to say today? And it just is so oh, encouraging. Like you're, you're my, so kind. you're my one person I tell everyone about. I'm like, do you follow Ruth? She, you should follow her. She's so encouraging. So I'm just so thankful you're on today. Um, and for those that maybe aren't as familiar with you, I was just thinking maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit and what you do and where you guys live and a little about your family and all sure. of that. Thank you. You're so kind. And that was such, it's such an honor to be here. Um, Yes, my name is Ruth Jo Simons, and I am a mom to six boys, like Alyssa said. Um, My oldest is 17. He's heading off to college this fall, and my youngest is six. And um, we basically never expected ever to have six kids, and especially not six boys, but it's been this wonderful journey that the Lord has sanctified and grown me through. So I'm really grateful to be a mom mm-hmm. to these six boys. Um, Troy and I have been married for 21 years, and in previous seasons of our marriage, uh, he was a full-time teaching pastor of a church that we church planted. He, we also founded a classical Christian school of which he was a headmaster of for almost eight years. And so we've gotten to do some pretty amazing things, worked with college students, worked with um, youth, and have had opportunities to do a lot of local ministry. And right now in this current season, we are both full-time in homeschooling our boys as well as um, as 
working for gracelace.com, the website I began um, about now it's going on like 13 years ago where um, I saw my share my artwork in stationary products as well as prints. Um, and, and really the goal of gracelace.com is really just to adorn the gospel and keep our eyes focused on Christ in our everyday lives. And so it's kind of um, come full circle in that I paint and write about those things. But my first book, Grace Lace, Discovering Timeless Truths Through Seasons of the Heart, came out in 2017. It was really about preaching those particular truths to yourself. And then um, I have a new book coming out September 10th called Beholding and Becoming the Art of Everyday Worship, just a book that really seeks to turn our eyes from our circumstances as they are to how God is transforming us in the midst of them. Mm, I'm so excited about it. My birthday is September 11th. So I'm like, ooh, this is going to be so perfect. I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, girl. I can't wait for you to get yours. Oh, and it's so beautiful. The cover, everything. Um, Okay, so I just have so many questions. I don't even know where to begin. But um, so you guys homeschool. Have you guys always homeschooled your boys? No, the school that we started, uh, we co-founded with others. And the school was a classical university model. So it was part-time homeschool where we did classroom days at home and then mm-hmm. um, private school the other days. And it was a, it's really the best of both worlds. Um, and there are challenges, of course, at the, in that season as well, um, doing multiple grade levels at home and at school. But we really enjoyed that for that season. And currently, we are doing a combination of some online classes as well as um privately co-opt courses as well. And so my husband, just so that no one in no one listening thinks that I do it all, I'm going to full <laughs> disclaimer, my husband is the educator of the family. He was the headmaster, mm. the teacher. Um, and when we went full-time with Grace Lace, he said, you know what? My heart for educating our boys is the same as when I was the headmaster of their school. So he said, I really want to serve our family this way and um, free you up to do what you're called to do. And so mm. that was about three years ago. And, um, and you know, that that came about through a lot of circumstances that we can't get into here just yet. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Lord works all things out for good. And in our case, what start, started off as being kind of a loss and something, a hard change that we weren't necessarily wanting a change like this, um, turned out to be a blessing for our family. And so, um, mm. so yeah, if you had asked me 10 years ago, I'd have been like, no way, we are not homeschooling. My <laughs> husband is not going to, we're not going to work together full time in a home yeah. business home ministry. Like that's just too much time together. But um, <laughs> the Lord kind of created, I mean, hopefully you guys understand that a little bit too. Totally. But, yes. you know, when you're a family of eight, running a business, schooling, educating your kids, training up your kids and eating and dealing with life all from the same house, that's kind of a big deal. And so for mm-hmm. us, it wasn't something we necessarily chose. And I say that, I really just share that with your audience just to say, if there's a listener out there right now who is in a circumstance where you're like, I didn't choose it this way. I This is not what I would have chosen. Mm-hmm. This is not the path that I thought my career was going to go. This is not the way I thought it was going to work out. I just want to say, like, hold on, friend, because you really never know how the Lord's going to work it out. And even in my life, where publicly you see all this fruit and these great things that happen, um, a couple of years ago, I would have said, I have no idea what the Lord is doing. This feels like a lot of loss. And so, mm. so yes, we are grateful that in this season, I can say we are w- working together full time. We are healthy and happy. And the Lord has been kind and merciful to work all these things out. But um, it's been a journey for sure. That's so good. What, what would you say to someone who, I mean, you kind of said it, someone who's going through a season of loss. Um, like, what do you think is the biggest thing that you learned from that? Yeah. So I, you know, I think I've been, well, it's the title of my book, but you know, I've been fixating on this idea of beholding Mm -hmm. and I am obsessed with this idea of becoming because I really think that basically we all go through life acting like and thinking that basically around the next bend, I will become the person I want to be. When the circumstances change, when I'm not in the loss that I'm feeling, when the things work out, when I actually get the promotion I want, when I finally become pregnant, whatever it is that we feel like is not working out in our lives right now, we basically think once that circumstance changes, then God can do his magnificent work in my life. I can fulfill my purpose and I will walk into what God has for me. But you and I both know that Um, ultimately, God gives us 24 hours in a day. And those 24 hours are filled with lots of things that we would not necessarily choose to fill our days with. Boring things, laundry, 
um, mm-hmm. answering <laughs> phone calls, clearing inboxes. And for those of us who are parents, a lot of times it's spent saying the same thing over and over and over again with our kids, wondering if we're making any difference at all. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who are building a platform online or trying to uh, reach a goal in a creative business or work, sometimes you feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over. Am I making progress, right? And mm-hmm. so loss can feel like a lot of different things. Loss can feel like a tragic loss, like you you completely lose somebody you love or you lose your health or you lose your finances. But sometimes loss can feel like loss of motivation or mm. loss of energy and feeling like I've been waiting for a long time and no change is happening. And my heart is to say, friend, you know, the majority of our lives is given to us so that in that very ordinary, in that very boring, mundane, waiting, not what we would choose is the very place that God calls us to look at Him instead and not at the circumstances. And so we kind of keep waiting for our becoming to happen in the stroke of wonder But the wonder is every day, like God's calling our attention to say, I am at work. Sanctification, this big Christian word that we love (laughs) to use, sanctification is nothing more than Him returning us, shaping us back to what we were originally intended for, to bring Him glory. And because sin marred that, we can't fulfill our purposes fully. And so in Christ, when we are believers covered by the blood of Christ, Jesus does that work day by day to sanctify us, return us back to who we were intended to be to glorify Him. What's up, guys? Jeff here. I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Legacy Box. You guys know we love Legacy Box. They're incredible, and they're so cool. We care about our family stories, our family legacy, our family history, and Legacy Box enables us to do that in a safe, secure, and 21st century way. Now, if you don't know what Legacy Box is, essentially what they allow you to do is to save your family films and photos from uh, degrading or being lost forever. And if you're unable to play recordings because you don't have a VCR anymore or even a DVD player, uh, you know, now that it's everything streaming and digital, you can send all this stuff into them and they will basically back it up, repackage it and give you a digital form um, and a digital way to enjoy it back to you. It's incredible. So what you do is you basically send your legacy box to them filled with old home movies and pictures. They'll do the rest professionally digitizing your moments onto a thumb drive, digital download or DVD, whatever you want. Easy to follow instructions. We love it. You get personalized updates at every step and almost over a half a million families have trusted legacy box and all the work is done here in the USA by hand. So there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. So go to legacybox.com today to get started. Plus for a limited time for those listening, we want to hook you guys up. So they're offering you guys an exclusive discount. Go to legacybox.com slash love to get 40% off your first order. Again, that's legacybox.com slash love and save 40% today. That's so good. And I think even if, well, I just love what you said about loss being a really big thing or just like the loss of motivation or energy. And I think even if you're in a season of your life where you're like, wow, I have everything that I've always wanted. Like I'm, whatever it is, maybe you've bought a house or you have a husband or you have kids, but you're just feeling so unsatisfied still. I think um, just what you're saying, like, I think we forget even if we have dreams, even if we get those dreams, they're still like the everyday life and, you know, the, the sin and the flesh and like all those things. And I think, um, where is, where, I don't know, how do you say that? Like that the Lord, but we forget that the Lord is still there. The Lord is still working us out that this ordinary mundane, like being faithful is what God wants for us. Um, and I think it can be hard, especially in this, um, time where we have Instagram and we see the highlights and, um, all these things we, we've lost. And I think this is a new theme that's coming out this fall with like, I just know like with Jeff's book and other authors and Mm -hmm. what our, what our hearts are going back to is just realizing like, being faithful and how do we worship the Lord and the faithfulness and going back to the ordinary and the quiet places. And, um, I just so love that you are talking about that because I think there is this pull of our hearts that we need to go back and be like, okay, how do I like, you know, the areas that aren't on Instagram that people don't see, or, um, when I'm not, you know, having the really mountaintop times, where do I, to find my satisfaction and how do I really um, find contentment in this season? Right. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think the thing is, you and I live in a space where we're among a lot of content creators. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, even if somebody who's listening isn't trying to do a podcast or starting a business or whatever, we're all content creators because we live in a time where if you are on social media, you are a content creator. Mm-hmm. If you have a voice and you're speaking to 20 or 20,000, you are a content creator because you are saying something with your life and with the images, with anything that you put out in public for all. And I think the thing was that I'm really wrestling with, um, and I've obviously been wrestling with this for two years as I wrote this book, was ultimately that counterfeits can be easily produced. And it's really easy to live a life where we just produce so that it can be seen, so that we can feel like we're getting further. But the reality is who we become in five years' time or 10 years' time is actually being shaped by the little decisions that you're making today. So I I think that we, we keep thinking, I'll go take a certain course. And if after that course, I'll be the mom I want to be, I'll take Mm -hmm. that course and I'll learn to be the kind of entrepreneur I want to be, or I will, um, you know, sign up for this, that, and the other resource. And suddenly I will be who I want to be down the road. But the thing that's shaping me the most is what I love the most day to day. If I love my reputation and what everybody thinks of me Mm -hmm. the very most, I will spend all my time looking at my cell phone, looking at the followers and the numbers and the likes and how far I'm getting, what everybody else is doing. Don't you think that that robs and sucks your soul? And then ultimately you wonder why you're not creative, why you have no content, why you're struggling to actually get to the next level of what you're trying to create or speak into. Because really we can't keep looking and gazing upon a product and not expect to be shaped into a shallow version of that. Mm-hmm. We have to be we have to be beholding something as big and someone as huge as God Himself to be transformed into somebody we can't produce on our own. Mm, that's and so that goes good. for motherhood or being mm-hmm. a content creator or an entrepreneur or whatever you're trying to do. Totally. So how do you? Um, so many. I have like three questions rolling around in my head. Yeah. How do you personally like? Um, form habits that are healthy and like have a healthy life. And I know you have a lot of things. You're a mom to three boys and you're homeschooling and you have a business and you're an author and um, all these things. So how do you like drown out the noise and really focus on what God has given you and not compare? And you are like, you are an an artist. And so like, how do you dive into that um, without being... I don't even know, squashed by comparison. Right. And then also, how do you personally, because I so look up to you and how you love the Lord so much. How do you pursue the Lord and like listen to his voice? And um, like, what does your relationship with the Lord look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, so lest I sound like I've got this holy pattern every day, I just want (laughs) to say most of us creatives probably are pretty organic about the way we are. And I just want to say right first and foremost, I am not a super disciplined person. Mm -hmm. And so I want to lay that out there as a disclaimer, because I think some people are really um, wired so that they wake up at 530 in the morning, they go for a jog after the jog, they go and do this and they meet the same person every morning for coffee (laughs) and accountability. And then after that, right, I am not that person. So I just want to say that because I think a lot of people get a lot of things done because they are good with boundaries and exact like Mm. schedules and rhythms for themselves. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. And if God's wired you that way, run with how God's wired you. But in my life, what's interesting is my strength is also my weakness. My strength is I'm, I, I flow with ideas and I'm a visionary and I'm organic about how my day goes. But my weakness is sometimes I get, I lead out with my feelings, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a feeler. And so a feeler doesn't, necessarily tell herself what to do. She lets her feelings tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have a hashtag like preaching to my own heart, because it's a practice that I had to to teach myself because I'm like, my feelings are not the boss of me. Mm-hmm. I have to do what the psalmist did and say, soul, why are you downcast? Mm-hmm. What are you, why are you forgetting what God has done in your life? And so that first and foremost is a practice. But, but in terms of that, I would say, what happens in my life is that rather than relying on a 
a schedule that I follow perfectly every day or my, my um, Apple Watch buzzing whenever I'm supposed to do the next thing, <laughs> I actually have to moment my moment kind of surrender again and be mm. like, Lord, I'm chasing after the wrong thing. So what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is whether your personality is one where you can set it up so that in a day's time, you've got it lined out exactly how many minutes you're going to spend on your phone. Or you're mm. like me where season by season, sometimes like book launch season, I'm on my phone a little bit more than I want to be. Mm. And in other seasons, summer break, I'm really not on my phone all that much. And so there's, there's different seasons, but for me, it reminds me that rules themselves are not enough. Formulas themselves will never solve the problem of a heart problem. Mm -hmm. It's a heart issue. It's a worship issue. Um, I love what Paul David Tripp says, which I included in my intro, is just that the question is not whether you're going to worship. We're all worshipers. It's who you're going to worship. It's what you're Mm going to give your highest esteem to, what you're going to long after, what you're going to chase after, that is going to determine your course today. Not whether or not you're a worshiper, because we're all worshipers. It depends on whether you're worshiping your own kingdom or God's. And so for me, that means that um, on a practical level, rather than um, succumbing to the idea that quiet time or my time in the Word looks like me sitting on the back porch with birds singing and a candle lit <laughs> and like this gorgeous latte. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my days don't look like that, right? Most mm-hmm. of my days actually look like reading a little, setting it aside and having my Bible open and then going to take care of something and then coming back a little later and then washing the dishes and then talking to him sometimes. And I'll just be honest, sometimes with tears running down my face saying, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I mm-hmm. don't know if I've got, I, if, do I, am I cut out for this? And sometimes listen, it looks like waking up in the middle of the night when I don't want to be awoke. Like, I don't want to be wake up, but I'm stressed or mm-hmm. I feel anxious. And that shows me that the Lord pursues me at all hours any time of day, through any circumstance. So rather than us thinking, gosh, I'm going to meet with the Lord once I finish this, once I set a per- perfect little quiet time nook, or mm-hmm. when my kids are in daycare, no, just start right now while you're driving to the grocery store, mm-hmm. talk out loud to Him. You know, it means that you just converse with Him, share your heart with Him, leave your Bible open on your kitchen counter, and don't put it back on the shelf and turn to it. Be a family that reads a proverb a day and just rehearse those and speak it back to each other and go, what was it that we read this morning? How does that apply right now? And I guess I'm just saying that to say, sometimes we separate the sacred and the secular and we think Sunday mornings, we all went to church. We really got it. We're worshiping. And then Monday through Saturday, we're doing this weird thing where we're like trying to live off of our own version. And that can't be Mm -hmm. because God is at work wanting every moment of our days and wanting us to worship Him at all times. Hey guys, I want to tell you about another sponsor this week, and that is Brooklyn. And you guys know we love Brooklyn, and they've been a longtime sponsor of this show, and they are incredible. We love them, and we want you guys to get their sheets as well, because basically that's what they are. So you, you spend a third of your life in your bed, in sheets. I spend even longer because I take a nap during the day, so it's probably like a little bit past a third. Um, and so you should bet that it should be comfortable. Um, Because when you sleep, you want to sleep well. Now, what Brooklinen does is they basically give you hotel high-level quality sheets, but they don't cost an arm and a leg. Uh, They've even been named the winner of the best online bedding category by Good Housekeeping, and they have over 35,000 five-star reviews online. They're incredible. So um, if you don't know about them, basically what they are is a company. They were founded in 2014 by a husband and wife, Vicky and Rich, and they wanted to find ways to bring beautiful home essentials that didn't cost you an enormous amount. Their mission is to make you comfortable and to make luxury sheets, towels, bedding, and even more without the luxury markup. Uh, So they're really, really awesome. They don't just feel great, but they look great too. You can mix and match over 20 plus colors and patterns. And that's why we love them is they they look really awesome. So we want to hook you guys up. They're the most comfortable sheets there really are, but you can get an exclusive offer on this podcast. You get 10% off and free shipping when you use the promo code real at brooklinen.com. Again, That's 10% off and free shipping if you use the promo code REAL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code REAL. And they're so confident in their product and comforters and towels, they all come with a lifetime warranty. That's so good. How, so, oh man, I'm just, I'm like on the verge of tears through this whole thing. Um, So do you... 
what are your boundaries with the phone? I know you mentioned, um, you know, book long season. It's just, you just have to be on it more and stuff. But are there any like practical tips of what you do or what you've learned that like, oh, this isn't good for my heart, but this is just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. So on a, a general level, creative level, I would say I keep, I think, you know, I keep my follows as minimal as possible, you know, Mm -hmm. and overall, you know, over time, you kind of follow people that you've had relationships randomly for a long time. And some are work, some are personal. But um, as a general rule of thumb, I try very hard not to follow or regularly um, investigate or observe what somebody else with the same giftings is doing. Mm -hmm. Meaning, rather than sit there and constantly, for example, stare at somebody else's artwork, right. that, that, that sucks the life out of me mm-hmm. because I can support that person. And there's plenty of room. There's plenty of supporters to go around for everybody's artwork. But if you fixate on following 20 people who are doing it maybe a little better than you or different than you, who is getting more attention than you, it probably means that you won't have a lot of creative energy to hear what the Lord wants you to do. Because we're so good at wanting to become like somebody else. And like I said at the beginning here, I'm kind of obsessed with this word becoming because I think we're all on social media to try to become somebody. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. Yeah. Whether you think you're building a platform or not, you're trying to become someone. To mm-hmm. You're trying to become someone to yourself or to somebody else. And at the end of the day, I posted this last night, but I am pleading with you. I'm pleading with anyone who will listen. Jesus is the only one worthy of becoming Mm-hmm. And becoming alike. And we were created as image bearers so that we could reflect his glory. But instead, we've like really just turned it into a big party of trying to reflect our versions of our ourselves, like, you know, what wanting other people to be like us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I got to just say, um, it doesn't mean that I don't connect with others who do my the same work as I do. But um it's really stifling for my creativity if I'm mm-hmm. always looking at other people's artwork. Instead, I would love to say, um, be inspired by somebody, something or somebody outside of your genre. So when you open mm-hmm. my book and you see a lot of artwork based on nature, it's because I've needed to just get away and go to the hills or go observe my garden or see um how the Lord formed things that he's created because nobody can top that. Mm -hmm. And so then that inspires me in a better way, Alyssa, than if I go Mm -hmm. and look at top 12, you know, producing artists out there, that won't necessarily help my heart. And Mm -hmm. so I, I really think that, you know, when the scriptures tell us that, um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, I think that applies to a lot of things out of the overflow of the heart, the hands work, the hands Mm -hmm. create, Mm -hmm. um, we can serve. All those things count come out of the overflow of our heart. You want you want to grow social media wise? Well, then be an overflowing person. Mm, Don't be yeah. a you know person like trying to pick up the crumbs off the ground and like impress everybody with it. No, like invest in your heart, and that mm-hmm. usually means that you have to humble yourself before the Lord and say, "I'm pretty empty, God. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. I need you to fill me up." Mm, that's so good. And I love your hashtag preaching truth to your heart. So do you, is that like, as you go about your day, is that kind of a personal thing where you're just, do you say it out loud? Do you stop and read scripture? Do you talk to Troy mm-hmm. about it? Like how does, yeah. how did you form the habit? Cause it is a forming habit. It is putting off and putting on and mm-hmm. developing a habit. How did you form that? Yeah. And so not to be confused with like, um, you know, self-esteem building or self-help or personally mm-hmm. like, you know, I am the girl and it's going to be great. Not that those kinds of personal affirmations are not helpful, but what I'm speaking about specifically is literally what the psalmist did, what David did mm-hmm. to ultimately say when he was running, when he felt like his enemies were breathing down his throat, when he felt like he was being hunted, when he felt like life was really unfair, I mean, honestly, no, I'm not being hunted for my life, but sometimes I feel hunted by a lot of other things. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I am worn down. I am being chased after. And if I do not succeed at this, everything will fall apart, right? Mm. Sometimes it feels like that. And that could apply to motherhood. That could apply to my career. That could apply to my marriage. When I Mm -hmm. feel discouraged, when I feel like we'll never make progress or I'm going to be hiding in this cave forever, (laughs) is what David might think, right? So whatever it is, 
Why did the psalmist do that? He said in Psalm 42, David says in Psalm 42, Psalm 103, um, have you forgotten the, the good that the Lord's done, that he is the mm-hmm. one who forgave your iniquities, that he pulled you out from the pit, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, or that in Psalm 42, you know, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in God. And so those are just a few phrases, but it's ultimately taking the gospel, following the pattern of, and, and here's the thing, that was in Psalms. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know Jesus yet. Right. right, we have Christ. We mm. know that He ultimately will take care of it all, and He's making all things new. So you and I can go through our days going, "It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, and I'll make it." Yeah, mm-hmm. we can just say that, or you can actually pray and say, "Lord, I don't feel like I'm going to make it, but when Your Word says I, yet You will complete every good work You've begun in me, I'm going to." I'm going to claim that and know that you will do as you say. Everything that you started in me, you will finish. My worth, my identity is already in you. I don't need to be so successful today in these things that I'm trying to get done. This will not secure anything in eternity that you haven't already paid for. When you preach that back to yourself, that changes whether or not you freak out if your kids don't obey you right away. Mm -hmm. It changes how you feel when your kids throw a temper tantrum at the doctor's office and you're totally embarrassed. Mm -hmm. It changes the way you feel when somebody um, gives somebody else a shout out on social media and not you. Mm -hmm. It changes when your book sells or it doesn't sell. It changes the way you feel about whether or not you've made it at 43 where you expected to, or you're still waiting for some of those things to come to fruition, right? Mm -hmm. So- in big things and small, you get a you get to choose whether you're going to apply the gospel today to your life, or you're going to fixate on how you're going to over- overcome your circumstances yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the choice David had to make in the Psalms, and he gave us the example when he had heartache. He preached back to himself why the God why God is the God of his heartaches, and why God is the God that will redeem all things. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, I wrote a psalm years ago, and it's in the archives on the blog. I I don't know. I'll see if I can pull it up at some point. But mm-hmm. um, I wrote a psalm, like a lament, when I found out I was having yet another boy. I mm-hmm. think this was boy number four or five, mm-hmm. um, because I it felt like loss. It felt like, wait, Lord, this is really easy for you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a boy or a girl. Like, you could just snap your fingers and make this happen. Why me? Like, why do mm-hmm. I never get tutus? Why won't right. I ever get to have little flower bows? Why won't I ever get to redeem the ache that I feel in wanting to model a solid mother-daughter relationship? Mm. Why? Why don't I get to have that? And I went to the Psalms and followed the pattern that um, the psalmist showed when he felt like he wasn't sure what the Lord's purposes were for his pain. Mm. And I think when we do that, Alyssa, we can actually find ourselves, um, first of all, we realize that we're not the only ones going through that, that the Lord left um, his word to show us that the people that he used were always people that had to take their pain before him and hear his answer for their pain, right? Every single Mm, one of them. Job did. Joseph did. Um, And, you know, we see the end of Joseph's story and we say, yeah, he ultimately said what you intended for harm, God intended for good. But each person has to choose how they preach the truth of their identity in Christ and what God's purposes are right in the everyday moments of their lives, right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Um, have you ever read Heinz V on Heinz? What is it? Heinz V on Heinz High Places? Yeah. Anna Hernard. I yes. don't think I have. I don't think oh, I've, really? I think I've, I think I've only read little snippets and people have told me about it for years, but I don't think I have a copy of it. Oh, I feel like you would love it. Um, well, anyway, I, I read it in my 20s after Jeff and I had broken up and I was so heartbroken and it was like just that book that I needed in that season. And I'm rereading it right now. Um, and it's I just forget that it's one of my favorites. But um, I just what you were saying reminds me she just, you know, she's walking up this steep mountain with her shepherd Jesus by her side and she has sorrow and suffering like as her companions and goes through the desert seasons and all these things but one of the th- lessons and at each like 
lesson kind of she like builds an altar of remembrance and one of it is um she gets a stone and it's called acceptance with joy and it just reminds me of what you're saying of like whatever circumstance we have like learn that beauty of learning to accept it with joy and that isn't a natural thing that we can do on ourselves no. but when we're walking with the lord and that we know he's always with us and that he is so faithful and he just everything you're saying that he is making us like Christ and um, that we can accept it with joy because it is for good. And anyway, it just made me think mm-hmm. of all that you're saying. I just love that. Right, I got to pick it up. I yes. It I feel up. like I was reading it just last night and I was like, I think this is going to be a requirement for all my kids that they have to read I this love it. in high school or oh. something. But mm-hmm. um, okay. So let's just talk a little bit about motherhood um, because you have our seasoned mom, but how do you... Um, how do you welcome in Jesus to the ordinary, the mundane? How do you fight against, well, I don't know, exhaustion or bitterness? Like, wow, like just constantly serving and sacrificing. Um, and I just, I mean, I've, you've kind of touched on it, but I would just love to hear mm-hmm. a little more about motherhood. And just even yesterday, um, I adore my kids and I, love spending time with them and I love the age that they're at, but I just was mm-hmm. more a little on edge yesterday and I was just really asking the Lord for forgiveness and thankful for mm-hmm. a new day and um, really trying to just search my heart of like, Lord, why was I so frustrated or irritated? And it was things like, right, you know, Canon is three and I don't know if it's because he's a boy or if it's just because of who <laughs> he is or because we named him Canon. So he's like this little cannonball. But, you know, he just like spilled all the Legos everywhere and he colored on my newly painted walls and colored just all these things. And I'm like, oh, like, why is, yeah. I get it. (laughs) And some days I laugh at those things. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are the things I'm going to write about. These are so funny. You're three. And then some days I'm like, wow, Lord, why, what was in my heart where I got so frustrated? Um, And so you, I mean, you have six boys, but just that big question of how do you really worship the Lord? How do you mother in that? And, um, and pointing your boys to worship the Lord too. Like we are weak. And so we get the opportunity to point them to Jesus who is our everything. But I would just love to hear your perspective on that. And also what you've learned over all these years. Yeah. So first and foremost, I think it is not, it doesn't serve anyone well to say, you know, just, consider how beautiful that moment is, or you're Mm -hmm. going to miss it so much. When you have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, you don't really need somebody to say, it's going to fly by so fast, just enjoy it. Because right (laughs) then and there, you're usually like, my body doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. I have no time to myself anymore. And I don't even know who I am. And I haven't showered in five days. And so (laughs) the reality is, it's you know, when I talk about and I paint beautiful things and I'm talking about the beauty of Christ, I am not slapping a Jesus Band-Aid on something and saying, hey, it's just so beautiful. When your kid is throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of Target, just <laughs> smile and say, God, this is beautiful. What an opportunity. <laughs> so let's right. just say, first and foremost, I mm-hmm. absolutely have walked out with a screaming kid from a library, from Target. Mm-hmm. I've had more things spilled on me, poop smeared on me. Like there's all those <laughs> right. kinds of moments. And so oh. um, motherhood is beautiful way in retrospect when you have um, grown kids. Most moms then can say, oh, that was so beautiful. But if you're at home right now, hushing, shushing a kid who won't take a nap, it is not all beauty. But mm-hmm. I will say the thing that I learned um, that I wish I had taken more seriously in my early years of motherhood that I, by God's grace, learned as I went along was that, um, and I hope I can say this without it sounding like a, like, stay with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might sound like a happy <laughs> answer, but your theology matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me start there. The yeah. reason why I say this is, and, and I don't want you to say, I don't want any listener to be like, oh my goodness, she's getting super spiritual. Let me say it this way. Theology, <laughs> meaning what you believe about God what you believe about who he is and why he made you. That theology, what you believe about that will define everything. Mm -hmm. So we think as moms, gosh, if I could just get my hands on the right book, if I could just have the right babysitter, if I could just have the right schedule, if my husband could just be a little bit more understanding and put away his shoes when he gets home, whatever we think the quick (laughs) fix is Mm -hmm. that will make the situation better. If I could just find a part-time job and I feel like I'm a little bit more useful. Those are all great things. Like, sure, work on all those things, figure out 
um, how to make your family time work. But if you do not know who God is, why Jesus and the the blood shed for you on the cross matters, then you're probably never going to be really settled in your identity and and your worth. Mm -hmm. And so I think all the things that wear us out in motherhood usually are applicable to non-mothers out there. There are usually Mm -hmm. areas in which we would rather something come a little bit easier. We would rather feel good at our job, not Mm -hmm. like we stink all the time, you know, because (laughs) half the the things that happen in motherhood, I'm like, why can't my best traits be on display? No, instead, (laughs) my my impatience is on display, Right. my um, my like total psychotic need for every pillow to be orderly is on display <laughs> yes. by, you know, right. So oh, totally. So my point is motherhood or not mother or not, we all can relate to the fact that if we do not know the character of God and what he does in our lives through Christ, we will endlessly chase and hustle after, um, performing well, mm-hmm. having control on all things, making everybody do the do as we like and do it our way. That could be in marriage, that can be in motherhood. So if you think about what makes you most frustrated, isn't it usually something that if you trace it back, it's usually something that makes you feel like you weren't as efficient today mm-hmm. or I got a college degree, like I have a master's. Why am I like picking up Cheerios again today? Or, oh, why do I feel like my kid will never get this? They spilled the Legos again. I told them to pick it up, right? Each of those Mm -hmm. things relate to our sense of what we deserve. I deserve better. I deserve Mm -hmm. easier. I deserve to be able to do do something else with my time like so-and-so. And my point is when we stop and consider the gospel, it changes everything about what we think we deserve. Because mm-hmm. then we start with, I deserve nothing. And because of Christ, he gave me everything. Now I am a person who, as a child of God, has the inheritance of Christ. I can call God my Abba Father. I can go straight into the Holy of Holies and talk to him. I'm not going to need to get my sacrifices perfect before he'll accept me. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly that frees you up in a way that no good performance or having everything in perfect control, it'll free you up more than any of those things could ever do. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> just taking it all in, Ruth. Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of the times I do think I'm entitled to things like being comfortable or having it be easy or just having my kids obey my voice. And so I think what you're saying, just going back to the gospel and what we deserve and what God has given us, it just, it like allows, when I think about that, it allows me to mother out of just so much grace. Like, wow, God, this is such a gift instead of, yeah, like this is not how it's supposed to be. Exactly. I mean, one of the chapters in this book, I had written just vulnerably about the fact that Troy and I thought that we might be on the mission field. We thought, mm-hmm. please take us to China, take us to the, uh, Latin America. We want to use our giftings in, you know, my husband speaks Spanish fluently. I speak Mandarin. And we we're like, God's going to use this. He's going to mm-hmm. use us <laughs> to the ends of the earth. And, you know, in a story that's too long for right now, we ended up not being overseas and we ended up spending the entirety of our marriage short short of a few times of short-term summer missions ministering in the local church in the States, in the Southern States, basically, New mm-hmm. Mexico, Colorado, um, California. Like we kind of just stayed in this area and I can either fix my eyes on all the great things I could be doing for God instead of doing the dishes, or I could realize that God's made a mission field of my kitchen table, Mm -hmm. that what I do every day in serving up dinner, in the conversation that I have, I mean, something so practical as, do you have your phone out at the dinner table? Is everybody on their phone looking Mm -hmm. around, trying to get a few things done? And it's especially easy when you have little ones because they're not like super conversational. So it might feel like (laughs) it's no big deal. We're going to eat dinner. Then we're going to go take baths. I'll take care of a few things. But no, like what you do, behold, right? What you're fixing your Mm -hmm. eyes on in every season of your life is actually going to turn your heart. It's going to change the way you see 
that season and the way you see your purposes. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, we need to wrap it up. I have two more questions for oh. you. Um, one, going back to this, what got you into watercoloring? And I'm, I'm sure that that just allows you, I think we're all creative and we all need a creative mm-hmm. outlet, whether whatever you are on the Enneagram or whatever, I think yep. we all need a creative yep. outlet. So how did you get into that? And then how would you encourage somebody to find a creative outlet? Um, because I really feel like when we find that and when we do that, it really does bring so much peace and helps us to worship the Lord, whatever that yeah, looks like. So absolutely. I would just love your like little tidbits on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Real quick. I, I think I've always enjoyed drawing and painting. And for most of my life, I ignored that and just thought it was something fun to do on the side and um, started college in biochemistry, you know, and really thinking I was <laughs> yeah. going to do the good Chinese thing and uh, be a doctor <laughs> or something. And right. I ended up, um, again, too long of a story, but I ended up getting my degree in art and still that felt like it was about me. Like I wanted to produce great things. And I was the kind of artist that would like paint something and then throw it away because it wasn't mm-hmm. perfect enough. Mm-hmm. But then years later, so the Lord didn't, I mean, there were seasons that I wouldn't say he didn't allow me to do that. It's just that I was busy raising kids. I was busy being a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. And I found creative outlets in serving up a beautiful meal, baking. Mm -hmm. I was sewing curtains for my home. I was not doing painting and drawing the way I wanted to. Um, But then years later, I thought, well, let's just, you know, I'm I'm reading this verse. I want to linger longer on it. I want to think on it more. I'm going to paint it out and dwell on it. And so that was kind of what I did mm. when I first started um, hopping on Instagram and watercolor for anyone out there with artsy inclinations. Watercolor is so great because um, it dries so fast. And so if you're mm-hmm. a mom of littles, um, you don't have to leave anything toxic out. You basically like paint it and then like five, 10 minutes later, it's dry right. and you can put everything away. And all you need is water and the watercolors and and the paper isn't so expensive. It's not big old canvases. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I was doing that and it just... I think it makes me realize that we're not all made the same and we're not going to all enjoy the same creative process. But when you are able to do something where you appreciate the process and you're not so anxious about just the end result, but you Mm -hmm. can enjoy the process, God can show you so much about who Mm -hmm. he is simply by the process of doing those things. And so one thing I would just say in encouragement is um, just because you're in a crazy season. Maybe you're taking care of littles. Maybe you're helping your spouse in a startup or a ministry. Maybe you just don't have a lot of time to go and like take a ceramics class or paint. It doesn't mean you can't be creative and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't um, explore those things. But I'll just be totally frank and say it here, but it will cost you something. You can't Mm -hmm. have everything in every season all at the same time. And so for me, that looked like I was watercoloring and sometimes I would do that after the kids went to bed and I wasn't watching a sitcom or doing Netflix or right. or mm-hmm. maybe I wasn't going to every social event. And I say that just to say, um, pursue things that the Lord lays on your heart, but know that none of us are called to doing everything 200% in every season. Mm. So if you're called in this season to establish your home, to get rhythms down, to learn how to make dinner and get it on the table by 5.30, that's your season right now. Be creative in that. And there will be another season where maybe you can sew things or paint things or create jewelry, but it may not be right now. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that God's any less effective with the way he made you. Be faithful. And this is just the thing that I, if I were to die tomorrow, I'd want to say this as the last thing that I get to say on your podcast mm-hmm. or anywhere, just that um, be faithful in the everyday things God's given you to steward because you never know how he's going to grow the seeds that are at work blooming, mm. you know, blooming in time, but at work um, growing deep roots now in your life. Everything that you see that I'm creating right now in my 40s really began as working out content, working out who I am and what I believe about him in my 20s. And that was a time when nobody saw those things. I wasn't on Instagram. I couldn't write about it, couldn't sell anything and create income from it. I just was faithful right there. And so that's my encouragement to any young moms out there. So good. So good, Ruth. Well, that kind of went along with my last question. 
maybe you have something else to add. Um, on your Instagram yesterday, I think it was, you had said what you would tell your 20-year-old self, which was just so, so good. So I'm yeah. just curious what you would tell your 30-year-old self if there would be anything different from that Insta post, um, mm -hmm. just thinking back wow. to that. Yeah. And that's kind of a big so, question. So I think in our 30s, we have a idea in our minds that we've put in our dues, mm. we've grown things, and now it should be coasting. Like our marriage should be easy. We should be <laughs> able to have, I, I don't know how else to say it, but we should have a really easy love life. <laughs> Let me just be honest, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. You know? We should feel like it should be easy in the marriage bed. It should be super easy in parenting. Our ministries should be rocking and rolling because we're in our 30s. Like we've put in our dues in our 20s and we're working hard. And <laughs> mm -hmm. we think somehow that it's nothing but reaping and harvesting from here on out. Mm. And what I wish I could tell my 30-year-old self is the Lord blesses and he takes away Blessed mm. be the name of the Lord. Be ready with open hands at any time because it is not, um, we, the destination isn't arriving at what he's given you to do. The destination is doing it all for him. And mm. so the destination being that means that he can change anything at any time. That ministry that you've invested a ton of time in, that business that you've sunk thousands and thousands of dollars in at any time for his glory and your good, he could change those things. And so mm -hmm. let's not be entitled in our 30s, thinking that our 40s are coasting years. Marriage will still require work. Parenting will still require work. And sometimes we start again. Troy and I began, we started over in our 40s, mm -hmm. and we never expected that. Um, we thought we were going to be doing the tenure thing um, in whatever we were working on. But instead, we were beginning. We were in a startup. And so um, all that to say, the destination isn't arriving at the pinnacle of your achievements. The destination is um, recognizing who you're doing those things for mm. because that'll never change. Yeah. Oh, man, that is so good and so um, timely to what Jeff and I are walking through. So, oh, Ruth, this has been so fun. Um, what, just for those that are listening, where can they find you? Um, where can they pick up your book? All those things, yes. if you want to just let hey, them know. Yeah. Um, my books are available anywhere. Books are sold online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I think it's in Sam's Club as well as Hobby Lobby. Um, and you can find my work and all my products at gracelace.com. And to find my speaking schedule or to have me come and visit your ministry, um, you can visit RuthJoeSimons.com. That's R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. -S and find me at RuthJoeSimons as well on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much, Ruth. Thanks for having me. It was mm -hmm. a pleasure to be here, Alyssa. This is wonderful. Wonderful.